0: You are listening to the One Church TO podcast. We are an imperfect community who are attempting to help people know God, love people, and make an impact in our city of Toronto, Canada. At the time of this podcast episode, we are currently experiencing the COVID-19 worldwide pandemic. So you'll start to notice in this same feed, we'll be providing some extra episodes alongside our weekend teaching to encourage you throughout the week. But we hope today's teaching is valuable for whatever season or situation that you find yourself in.
1: A few years ago, I took the exact same route that Jesus would have taken many times when he traveled from his hometown of Nazareth to his ministry headquarters in Capernaum uh, by the edge of the Sea of Galilee. And uh, I could actually see where Jesus uh, got a lot of the illustrations for the teachings he would give. For instance, you know, you can just picture Jesus on the way, a trip he made many times over two or three days to get from Nazareth to Capernaum and seeing a spot like this and sitting down. And then it provided the very uh, backdrop for a teaching when he would say this to his disciples. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens, they do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn yet God feeds them and how much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wild flowers grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like any of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things and your Father knows that you need them. But seek His kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. So Jesus says, do not worry. But how many of oh, that was before COVID-19? How many have stuff that you could worry about now that one month ago you didn't even have reason to worry about? You know, what's going to happen with work? What's going to happen? I have a business. Will I even be in business? Uh, I read one article from CBC News last week that claimed that one-third of Canadians are worried about where they're going to get next month's rent or, or mortgage payment. And even those who are in essential services or have a job to go to they they they're putting themselves at risk families at risk so many times so they got that to worry about and how many have found this during uh, covid-19 worry and isolation are not a good combo pack <laughs> i mean when you you worry and you're busy doing routine life stuff It's so different from when you're worrying in isolation, and it's so easy to have worrisome thoughts compound upon one another and make you spiral downward with uh, stress. And uh, I, I was thinking about you and thinking about this teaching of Jesus from Luke 12, thinking about this weekend and wanting to help you so desperately, and I was praying about that, coming out of my study, taking a break. And just saying, oh God, help me help people these days that are so uh, filled with reason to worry during COVID-19. And I went, opened up my computer, and went to the Globe and Mail. And on the front page, you can get free access to COVID articles with the Globe right now. And I was going through the different articles. On the front page of the Globe and Mail, here's what someone's worried about. I'm way overdue for an appointment with my hair colorist. What's the best way to touch up my roots at home? Now, apparently that's a big worry for someone out there. Not sure if what I have to say from the teaching of Jesus is going to help you out a whole lot. But let's see what does he say. Jesus is starting the conversation about worry, actually back in Luke 11... He tells the crowd, listen, you've got this heavenly father that wants to watch over you and be involved in your lives. A guy sort of puts up his hand in the crowd and says, tell my brother to share the family inheritance with me. And Jesus responds, and then he just tells a story about Mr. Greedy, Mr. Super Greedy, not a superhero, and anybody's eyes but his own, because he just, everything he got, he just built bigger uh, places to store his income. And and, and then Jesus looks at the crowd, and there's two problems with money, right? Greed and fear. And and most of the people in the crowd up in northern Galilee, where I read from there when we were in Israel, would have been oppressed by the Romans. They're worried more about their daily bread than about the long-term finances. And I'm so glad to be able to tell you that Jesus had something to say to them that was a whole lot more than just, you know, don't worry, be happy. <laughs> Jesus acknowledges that they have something to worry about, but then he, he helps them with their worry. And uh, before we go any further, what are you worried about these days? You know, what's, what's weighing you down? What's when you think about COVID these days and even beyond it, what, what, what things do you have to worry about? So glad that Jesus is going to help us. He starts the conversation here about uh, worry in Luke chapter 12 by giving us four reasons to reject worry. All right? First one is this it's a waste of your time and energy. Jesus says this He says, That is why I tell you not to worry. I had uh, a dad who I, when we moved outside the city in Halifax, Nova Scotia, I spent part of the year with him driving me to my high school, Halifax West High School, and uh, one day I was worried about something. I I can't even remember, you know, it was so important then, don't even remember it now. Was it my uh, exam? Was it uh, getting an oil change on my motorbike? Was it girls? Of course it was girls. (laughs) I I was worried, and my dad just said this. He said, you know, you're worried about something. He said, let me ask you a question. Is the outcome going to be different because you're worried about it? And of course, you know, you don't want to take your teenager, you don't want to take advice from your dad, but it did, I didn't acknowledge that he had a point there. Someone said it this way. They said, worry is like a rocking chair. It'll give you something to do, but it doesn't get you anywhere. That's what Jesus is saying, first of all. He's saying it's a waste of your time and energy. Secondly, he says, it ages you. He says, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Now, with the advantage of... Um, medical journals, psychiatric journals, we know that mental health and physical health both are negatively affected by people who stress and worry. We, we make it worse. We, we subtract from our lives. We don't add to our lives. Then Jesus says, and reject worry because it lies to you about God. He says, These things, these worries about your needs dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world, but you have a father. He already knows your needs, so if you worry, you're acting like an atheist, you're acting like you do not even have a father that's watching out for you, and so it lies to you about God, and then fourth, worry robs you of lasting treasure. Jesus says this near the end of those verses. He says, so sell your possessions and give to those in need. This will store up treasures for you in heaven. And the purses of heaven never get old or develop holes. Your treasure will be safe. No thief can steal it. No moth can destroy it. Remember Jesus started this conversation about worry in chapter 11 where he tells the story about Mr. Uh, Super Greedy. He just built bigger buildings for himself. His, every, all the income, everything he had materially, it was all about himself. Just greed. And Jesus says at the end of his life, he has absolutely nothing. He's taking nothing into an afterlife that will be able to be used as a reward for him because he's just basically kept everything for himself. He was not rich to people, not rich towards God, Jesus says. Now, it's interesting that when you uh, dig up burial sites of human beings, you can go back to the ancient pyramids or back to the most uh, ancient burial sites of Aboriginal people uh, in countries all around the world, and you'll find that so often... They or their loved ones buried stuff with them that they wanted to take into the afterlife. And do you know that that still happens today? Theologian Dr. Norman Wright wrote a book, and in it, I read this story. He told about how he was talking to someone who had worked at a crematorium for years, and they got talking about what kinds of things people bury with their loved ones. And he says, sometimes it's spare glasses. <laughs> you never know, right? False teeth, digestive biscuits. I mean, who knows? They want to have a little snack in the afterlife. One woman, he says, put two cans of spray adhesive that her deceased husband used to paste on his toupee. <laughs> and they said, the cans exploded in the in the crematorium, and they actually bent the door onto it. So, so Jesus is saying, basically, don't, don't even worry about doing that. You cannot take it with you into the afterlife. But, he says, you can, you can send it on ahead. You, you can't take it with you, but you can, you can send it on ahead. And Isn't it true? I mean, you, you've never seen someone go and get buried and have a U-Haul uh, accompanying them of, of their worldly goods. We can't take it with us, but we can send it on ahead to a place where our treasure will be safe in the afterlife with Jesus. Now, have you ever noticed, and this is why Jesus says reject worry. It does absolutely no good. It's absolutely useless because if you worry, you don't have room for trust. Trust and worry. Maybe you've noticed it too. You cannot do both at the same time. If you worry about something, you're not trusting. If you trust, worry gets shoved aside. And and yet, it's so difficult to trust, isn't it? I can't imagine the uh, heart and mind of people in Nova Scotia these days when someone that they thought was just the neighbor next door you know, impersonates a police officer and people trust this police officer only to be killed. Uh, it, it just puts them back. Who, who can we trust? And you've had situations like I have where you have been betrayed or ripped off financially or or, or experienced injustice, and and it just can cause you to just be careful before you trust. Matter of fact, there are three ingredients that. We need to know our are in place before we can trust. It's sort of like uh, baking bread, right? And uh, if, not only toilet paper is not on the grocery shelves, apparently they're running out of flour and yeast because so many people with an oven and thyme on their hands these days, they're, they're starting to make their own bread. And and my wife, I've got a picture here of a loaf of bread. She, this is sourdough, homemade, partially whole wheat bread that my wife, she's been making it long before these COVID days. And Jesus sort of knows that people have been burned and ripped off. And so he says this, he says, I want to reassure you. I want to reassure you how, even though other people have let you down, God is trustworthy. And so he he reassures people about the trustworthiness of God. Now, before you trust someone, we need to ask three questions, right? Let's say, for instance, you're, you're going for surgery. What do you want to know about the surgeon? Well, first of all, you want to know, is he knowledgeable? Does he know his stuff or she? Do they know their stuff? Secondly, you want to know, are, are they uh, not only knowledgeable, but are they are they good at what they do? Are they skilled? Have they had training? Have they had experience? Successful experience, hopefully. So, knowledgeable, knowledgeable. Uh, capable, and then you want to know, do they care? Do they care? I remember when my... uh One of my sons, my youngest son, was 11 or 12 years of age, and he uh, had an appendix attack, and his mom was with him at the Markham Stouffville Hospital. And I got there a bit late, but I I didn't see him. But I I, I ran down the hallway to where the doctor would have had to go into the surgery room, and I got to him just as he was going in. And I said, you take good care of that patient of yours. That's my son. And, And what he said just put me totally at ease, totally reassured me. He said... Like he was my own. And, and so I was just so reassured. But you, you need to know that someone cares. Not just are they knowledgeable. Not just are they capable. But do they, do they care? You know, some may remember a story I told a number of years back about this... Um, Patient that was being rushed into the emergency operating room, and uh, the nurse was on one side of the you know the bed on wheels, and the surgeon on the other. And the nurse just kept saying the whole way down, "Just be calm. Just be calm. You're gonna do okay. It's gonna be all right." And the patient said, "I I, I am. I'll trust you guys." She says, "I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the surgeon." <laughs> so you know, you need to not only care. You need to know what you're doing. You need to be capable. And so let's look at God. Jesus says, go ahead, look at God. Check out his trustworthiness. And he reassures us. He says, you know, first of all, does God know? He says, yeah, your your father already knows. God's knowledge is limitless. He made this universe. He knows the end from the beginning. That means that COVID-19 did not catch him by surprise. He, he, he knows all things. He, he knows. God knows everything. Secondly, is he able? Jesus says, well, God feeds. God clothes. God didn't just make this universe, including this little planet Earth, with us on it, and then just take his hands off, you know, like an absentee landlord. No, he sustains what he has created. The next breath that you take is going to be because God sustains and provides for what he has created. All right? So, does he know? Is he able? Does he care? Now, this is important because don't forget, you can be knowledgeable and you can be capable. That doesn't mean that you care enough to help. So, this is critical. Does God care? And then, what Jesus says, is God feeds even ravens. You know what ravens are and were at that time? They were unclean birds of prey. So Jesus' point is, listen, if God cares enough to make sure these unclean birds of prey get fed, he cares about you. Matthew takes it one step further in this discussion. And he says that Jesus said, look at the sparrows. Look at the sparrows. Do you know there's so many of them, but your father knows every one of them. Your father, your heavenly father, even knows when one of them falls from the sky. He attends every sparrow's funeral. And then Jesus says, But you're so much more valuable than many sparrows. You know? Unlike animals, you're made in the image of God. There's something of God likeness in you. You were made for a relationship with your heavenly father different from the animals. That's what makes you unique. And Jesus is saying, you can trust God. To care. Now, now, then, then people could look around. Didn't Jeff do a great job on our staff with that video and showing those flowers dressed up more beautiful than, or more handsome than Solomon ever could have been? And Jesus says, look at these beautiful flowers in the field. And then he says this. He says, if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. The Apostle Paul clinches this with a conclusive argument that you just, you just, you got nowhere to go with this one. Does God care? Listen to what he says in Romans 8. He says, Since he, God, did not spare even his own son, didn't have to send his son to, you know, cleanse our sin and give us eternal life, to give us a second chance. But since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all. If he loves you that much, that he would go to that extent, don't you think he'll give you everything else that you need? He's not going to hold back on you. If he's shown already, he'll give you everything that cost him the most. See, God is not asking you to trust him with some kind of blind trust. Oh, don't worry. Be happy. God's got... No, 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 no. No, He's saying, get a hold of those worries. They're valid. But know this. God's gonna take care of them. Cast your cares, get a hold of them. Cast your cares on him because he cares for you. That's what Jesus is saying here. Now, not only be reassured by the fact that when you trust God, he's worthy of that trust, but secondly, refocus on long-term planning. When you know God's got this, and you can trust him, you're not going into the future alone, he knows what you need, he's capable of helping you, and he cares enough to do it, then you can just sort of, okay, I'm going to focus on long-term planning. See, a lot of people take this teaching on worry, and they say, oh, God's just saying, don't worry about tomorrow, it just doesn't matter. No, 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 that's not what he is saying. Jesus is the one who used as an illustration someone who did not do long-term planning. Do you remember where he said this guy went out and built a house without even making sure he had the funds available. He didn't even budget. He just went out and just built and he couldn't finish the building. And so Jesus is all about planning. He's just not about worrying. That's why this week, Pastor Jonathan, Pastor Matt have invited back someone that's helped us out a lot around here over the years, and Thursday night, get in on this. It's free, and uh, we're just doing it just to be helpful to people that have some special financial issues during COVID-19, because it, it's just smart to plan. If you're all worried, your mind's going to be filled with that worry, and you're not going to be able to plan. But when you trust, then you can do long-term planning. All people that are in the uh, newspaper world and uh, economic, economists, and uh, so many people are sociologists, just trying to figure out. Medical people, what's life going to be like on the other side of COVID nineteen? How can we get the economy back with having printed all this money? How's it all? What's it all going to look like? You know, what's work going to look like post COVID nineteen? What's travel? You know, are people going to? like after 9-11, start traveling again. People are wondering this. Uh, what, about, uh, what about international trade? Is that gonna be happening between countries like it was before? Are countries gonna be saying, no, we need to you know, make our own stuff here so we never get caught in this again? Uh, What about sports arenas? Are they going to be filled with people who may have a virus? What's what's church going to look like on the other side? Governments, businesses, economists, journalists, futurists don't really know for sure. But you know who does? God does. God does. Because he knows the end from the beginning. He's the first and the last. He has the last word on everything. And he has a plan. And Jesus, when he talked about the future, in Matthew 24, uh, near the end of Luke, when he talked about the future, and he said, these things are going to happen to human beings on earth. Because they're broken. I've come to restore them to God. But the planet is broken. And uh, it's just not going the way that God intended it to And so these things are going, and when he lists off what's going to happen between now and when he returns, pandemics are part of that list. He says these things are are going to happen. So he incorporates all of them, and it doesn't throw him off. COVID-19 has not put God in a place where he says, oh, no, what am I going to do about the human race now? No, he's got this. He understands this. And so let me tell you what life is going to look like when COVID-19 is over. Do you want to know? Jesus will still be building his church. He said, the worst that even hell can throw out, it won't be able to stop what I'm building. The most important activity that's happening on the planet right now is not the economy, it's not the health department. The most important activity that's happening on the planet right now is people finding out that there's a God who loves them and they can say yes to him and have their past forgiven, and spend eternity with him forever. Eternity is a lot longer than this life. And spiritually, absent from the body, is to be present with the Lord. And we can be with him forever. And that's going to be happening. Church may look different post-COVID-19, but Jesus will still be building his church. You know what else will be still happening post-COVID-19? God will still be providing for his children. He will. He will maybe different jobs that we have, but he's going to use the experiences, the skills, the giftings and talents that he has given you, and, and you can just trust him. And on the other side, he may provide for you a different way, but God is your provider. It's not your employer that's your provider. God is your provider. And so you can trust him. God will still be giving to those who give to others. Unlike Mr. Greedy, <laughs> those who live life to give in faith and trust and care for others, those are the people that God will reward in the afterlife. And so in post-COVID-19, you can have confidence. You can proceed with confidence because God is going to be there as much as he has been there to answer prayers and to help the human race out in the past. Jesus says, don't worry. God's got this. God's got it figured out already what life is going to be like after COVID is a distant memory. And then, I don't know about you, but I love to plan. I love to plan for the future, uh, areas of leadership that I have been given over the years. I just love to plan, even for my family, even the finances. I've never told my church family this story before because it's probably never, we've ever been in an environment where maybe these kinds of things would be happening in Canada. But I, I remember when I was uh, graduated, I had graduated from Bible college, and I was, it was just wonderful the way that it just opened up. And I was going to university in the fall, asked by this church to come on staff, and I was enjoying helping people in a church. And then the board met in June and decided that due to some financial challenges the church was having, they were going to take the two assistant pastors off salary for the summer months of July and August. And I'm, you know, you can imagine, I'm just not even 20 years old, and I'm wondering, what is going on? Um, Am I not valuable in what I do here? And, uh, and I had my tuition to pay at McMaster University in the fall. How was it? And I remember just, just just praying about it and coming to a place. And I decided I worked for Jesus. And I was just going to go ahead and do a good job and trust Jesus. And he gave me a peace. That passed all understanding, didn't quite understand it. Went to university in the fall, had enough saved up for my first installment on my tuition, but then, and it wasn't because we got paid by check then, no direct deposit, and I would go to the bank, and there will always be more money in the bank. You ever hear that story in the Old Testament of the Bible about Elijah through the famine, always had oil and flour to make food. Well, it was sort of like that. It was like a miracle. It was just like, you know, I, I remember thinking, I wonder if it's my dad that's finding a way to get money into the, my bank account. And, but when I talked to my dad, I could tell it wasn't coming for a minute. As a matter of fact, to this day, I don't know how it happened. I only know that it is traceable, not to my earthly dad, but to my heavenly father. How many would like to have a bank account like that? Listen, I, that was a one-time thing for me. I've been in financial lack since then. I've been ripped off financially. I've experienced financial injustice. Never experienced anything like that again. But what it did provide for me was an understanding that if I seek first the kingdom of God <laughs> that all these other needs would be met by my heavenly father. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, who knows what stories are going to come out of COVID-19 of God providing for us in a way because we really needed that help that we've maybe even never needed before. And, and I was tithing, I was giving, I was honoring God, I worked hard, but God just saw his child and he blessed me at that time. And so when, when you just can trust God... And Jesus reassures us that he's trustworthy, then you can refocus on long-term planning. You know, what's your job? What's your future gonna look like post-COVID-19? Your education. You know, your your school year's been in trouble. But what's it gonna You just get on with planning that because you trust God. And then you uh, retrust daily. Trust is not something that you just sort of Do once, and then you check that off the box, and you don't have to trust God again. Um, What did Jesus say? Actually, back in Luke eleven, where he taught the Lord's Prayer, "Give us this day our." There it is, daily bread. It doesn't matter how long you have followed Jesus or how many years you have under your belt as a Christian you can be 80 years of old and follow Jesus for 78 years, you will still have reason to trust him daily. How many of you have lived for him for years, but you're trusting him in new ways these days? Trust is something that we will always do. We walk not by sight. We walk by faith, by that trust. Now, Pastor Jonathan, when he started this series on trust last week, um, talked about, sitting in a chair is like trust. And he he used these words. He he said that uh, putting your weight on something to the point of vulnerability. (laughs) I want to invite you to do something over these next few moments. Natalie's going to sing just the last part of that song because we need to go there. We need to go there if we're going to trust. I'm going to invite you to take whatever... COVID financial worries that you have. They're so diverse. Some of them are big and heavy. Others are small, but they're still there. They're real. And invites you to just take them and to say, Jesus, I cast my worries upon you because I know that you care for me. You know the future and you're capable. You have uh, even financial resources. You, 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 can, you can do what I cannot see. So I'm going to trust you. I'm gonna invite you to, to sit in a chair of trust, to put yourself in a, a place of vulnerability before your Father God. You know, I was, um, I, you know, I'm struggling as you are with different issues that have to do with physical distancing and I, never, I don't get to see you. I speaking to a, an empty room here in, in, in Toronto and uh, some of you heard that my brother, who I loved and did a lot of life with, uh, uh, went to be with the Lord, had a heart attack uh, Easter week, and and my, I was promising I'd take care of his, uh, make sure his wife was taken care of, and his, and uh, I just can't be there, you know, I just can't be there. I texted her this morning on the way into church, but just you can't be. There's just it's just weird not be able to grieve with that being together as a family, so, but you know, also not being with the grandchildren. So I, you know, it's not just finances. We have to trust God with a lot of things these days, and you do. What are your worries? What, what are you going to trust God with? I, I, I miss my grandchildren, but you know what my kids do is they'll put them on with the FaceTime, and they'll show me what they're working on. They'll say hi and all that, and then when they get back to work or get back to what they're doing, coloring or reading or playing with a toy, the, the, my sons will just keep the camera on them. <laughs> I just love that, you know? Uh, you, how many know what I'm talking about? You had, a, you had a kid, it could be a niece, nephew, and you just go in and you're watching them, and you put them to bed and they fall asleep and you go in and, 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 and you, you look at them in your heart of care. I tell my kids, there's, there's nothing good that I won't do for you. And it hit me the other day as uh, I was watching my grandkids that, Father God, that's like you. Your eyes are upon your children. You you see us, you know our need. And and if we knew how much you loved us and cared and how capable you were of taking care of us, we would not worry. We would not worry about the future. So I'm going to invite you to do something right now. While Natalie sings just the end of this song, this could be a turning point for you in these COVID-19 days. I I invite you to, instead of worry, to trust. (laughs) Take those things and put them in a place before God, and it's gonna be vulnerable. I'm gonna invite you to say, God, I trust that your eyes are upon me, so Lord, (laughs) I'm gonna put my eyes upon you, and so I, I take my place in trust.
0: We're glad you joined us for today's teaching. If you're listening in right now because your church isn't able to meet, we welcome you and we ask that you keep supporting your church community with all the engagement and giving options that they have. If you need any assistance in this unprecedented season, please let us know by email at care at onechurch.to or by texting the word care to 416-291-9575 or even just giving us a call at the same number. All other events and programming can be found at onechurch.to slash connect.